Hi, coaches. Brian Blackburn here with the Pound the Rock podcast, HardwoodTexas.com. Today, our guest is a former head boys basketball coach at White Oak High School, Coach Ron Boyette. Over 25 years of coaching, 25 years as a head coach at, uh, at White Oak, back-to-back state championships in 2012-2013. But uh, I think Coach Boyette will agree with me on this. His contribution to basketball is more than just those two years. It's everything that he does to give back and and uh, help us out today in regards to off-season training. So, Coach Boyette, thank you so much for your time. You bet. Thanks, Brian. I'm looking forward to the opportunity. All right, so let's just talk a little bit about, uh, you know, being at a small school, sharing athletes, how you handled the off-season, what was your philosophy in regards to, uh, you know, after spring break, uh, how you handled your basketball program? Most of our kids uh, participated in some sort of spring sport, whether it would be baseball or track. So uh, we had them going a lot of different directions there. Uh, I was fortunate that the way we did off-season, if you were football, there was football off-season and there was basketball. And then everything in the spring was after school. So uh, even though my kids that were basketball, straight basketball kids in the fall, I still got them with me in the spring, and they would do their track and baseball after school. So that definitely helped. Uh, I know that's not the situation for everybody. Uh, what I tried to do uh, as far as our development is we mainly, um, after spring break, coming back, would do weight training three days a week. Uh, most of the time we did that on our own. Uh, occasionally, a couple of years, uh, over my 25-year span, we would go with combined uh, with the football season, but not very often. Uh, when we did our weight training uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, um, normally I would try to consider the ones uh, that were in baseball and track on their game days, and on those days they would go uh, with the with their sport and things. So it'd be hit and miss who we would have. Uh, but what I tried to do mainly during that time is not near as much conditioning uh, as we did in the fall. Uh, being after the season, I was more interested in just the strength training part of it. Uh, we also did a lot of the air alert type of workout, um, which is more of a plyometric uh, type of workout for our legs. Uh, but other than that, mainly just your core basic lifts. And uh, I was not anybody that was uh, extremely knowledgeable uh, in the weight room. I basically, I guess what you would call it old school, uh, just the basic lifts. The big thing for me with lifting was accountability. Uh, particularly those that weren't uh, in a spring sport, that we measured what they did uh, and made sure they were kept working uh, to increase. And then the other two days a week, uh, we would do individual skill work, and uh, we would be in the gym, obviously, uh, those two days. And we would pretty much continue that uh, till baseball or track was over for us. Uh, when the district track meet was over, that was kind of when we got more of our kids um, not involved in as many things. And that's when I would start open gym, uh, basically four days a week after school. Um, We would share with seven-on-seven and things like that as well. But most of my kids were pretty good about knowing that um, we expected them to be there, uh, if if at all possible, you know. And most of them were very good about making sure that they did that. Um, The way we did open gym uh, during that time is I normally would put, we did it the same way in the summer, is uh, we would start the first 30 minutes and just do skill work. And uh, by that time, uh, I had already met with the kids that I had in off-season, uh, and we had talked about things that they needed to work on. 
I always tried to make an individualized workout for each one of them, uh, which basically would have some things in common for everybody, but it would also be geared towards what they specifically need to do. Uh, and they would usually bring those with them. Uh, I would encourage them to do that. Uh, and they would work on skills kind of stuff for the first 30 minutes. Uh, we would have a lot of our alumni come back once college was over and then, you know, a few other kids from the school. Uh, and they would shoot around and stuff during that time, but they knew we weren't going to play any games uh, basically till 30 minutes had expired. Then we would just pick up and play. But uh, as far as the open gym part for me, probably I thought the best and most important part of that for us was that I was in the gym. Now, I was a coaching them during that time, but our gym is kind of set down below, uh, so there's a rail up there, and I would always sit above that rail, and they just always knew I was watching. And uh, I didn't come in and out. I didn't grade papers. Uh, I didn't do things like that. They always knew I was watching. And uh, I think that always, you know, kind of encouraged them to know Coach may not be saying anything, but he's watching everything that's going on. And so um, we got a lot out of that as far as uh, our individual work and then and playing and stuff like that. But for the most part, that's the, the pattern that we followed in spring off season. Good deal. Let's uh, let's kind of break that down just a little bit more in regards to uh, to the weight room stuff. When you had your your uh, basketball guys in the weight room, when when you had guys that played basketball and football. Were the foot were those guys with the football lifting weights, or were they with you lifting weights, or did that switch? And how did how did that work? No, we didn't get to alternate that. If they played football, then they went with football. Gotcha. Uh, during that time, and I didn't I didn't see them at all uh, until the summer. Okay, and that's why to us, you know, I really pitched to those kids that May, June, and July uh, were huge for us for those kids, just right. because that's the main time I would see them. Gotcha. Uh, I, I love what you said about making individualized plans for the skill development and the first 30 minutes of open gym being being skill work. Whenever you met with your players, how did those meetings go? Let's say that I'm a sophomore, I'm going to be a junior in your program, and I'm trying to fight for a varsity spot. What would that meeting yeah. look like with you? Well, normally when the season was over, we would approach uh, spring break. The week before spring break is when I would have my player meetings. And every kid that I had in off-season that was returning that was a current freshman, sophomore, or junior, I would meet with them individually for about 10 minutes. And part of that would be going over what I felt like their strengths were, uh, the areas that they needed to work on, and then kind of where I saw them for next year. And, you know, that was one of those times where I I tried to be as honest as I could. I tried to always put it on the table with them uh, where I saw them being. Uh, because I didn't, I didn't want confusion. I didn't want to paint a picture that wasn't there. Uh, I didn't want to discourage a kid that maybe, you know, felt maybe I saw him in a better light than he did. Uh, but I just tried to put it all on the table. And uh, I, I wouldn't say there was a lot of discussion. Uh, it was mainly me kind of telling what I thought. I would ask him questions and get feedback from them. Uh, but at the end, I would, you know, I would tell them, you know, I don't always ask for your opinion. But now's the time to give it if you got it. And I would open the floor and, you know, encourage them if they had something to say to say it. Uh, but that was that was all, always I thought was very important that we get on the same page uh, before we get into our workouts and things. So they know how I saw it versus how they saw it and kind of comparing notes, you know, and basically 
like I said, put it all out there on the table for everybody. That's great. I know uh, you, you may think this way as well, but aren't some of the best open gyms ever when those guys are out of college and they come back? I'm going to tell you, I mean, our, our kids, I mean, they're just so loyal. I mean, they love to play anyway, and I love to see them when they come back. But they they just, you know, for me being there so long, uh, they just know how many guys came back and they helped them uh, when they were still in school. And they just took pride in doing it. You know, I always was fortunate to have uh, kids that graduated to coach our summer teams. Uh, they would always help me at basketball camp and things like that. And, I mean, to see them come in there and just, you know, start working with a younger kid and, and things like that, they all look up to them so much, you know. And, and that's one of the things that I always tried to preach to the kids that were coming through is to be appreciative to what the ones did that came before you, you know, and the, the tradition that they had made, how they had paved the road for you a lot of times. And, um, you know, it's, it's so competitive when they're in there. They've all, uh, you know, played for me during that time and you know they kind of want to show they still got it and, but it's a great situation uh because it is competitive but they do it in the right way they want to help the kids they come after them so i think you know from my perspective that was one of the best things that we had going for us no doubt what uh what were your open gym rules how did y'all play the games what were the scores to did you have any say in that or was that up to the guys uh i i kind of organized it uh and usually by the time college kids were getting in, you know, we would probably average about 25, 20, 25, close to 30 sometimes. Uh, so we would play full court games uh, sideways. So we would basically have two games going at once. Uh, on one court was the winner's court. Uh, so, you know, if you won there, then you got to stay. If you lost on that court, then you moved down to the other court. And uh, the team that won on the second court moved over to play on the on the winner's court. So when you came on, you always came on that second court, and you had to work your way up to the other one. And normally we would play like uh, just seven baskets, uh, counting everything as one, uh, and running the games concurrently. And pretty much from that standpoint, they ran it. You know, I might pick the captains or something for them to pick teams. Um, but other than that, you know, they kind of knew the format, and, and once we did the 30 minutes of skill work, it was pretty much games after that. But like I said, you know, it was pretty competitive, and we would play for an hour and a half, maybe two at the most. Uh, but it, other than that, not really a lot of different rules. Uh, basically just, you know, straight to seven and how we move the courts. Gotcha. Good stuff. Now, you alluded to it a second ago with having former players coach your summer teams. What, were your, what was your philosophy there? How many games did you want to play? Were, were you guys in different leagues with your younger kids and then traveled a little bit with your older ones? What did you want to accomplish there with your, with your summer basketball teams? Well, we, had some, we have so many kids that play at least two sports and a lot of them three. Uh, the month of June for those kids is extremely busy. Uh, we really didn't do much with our junior high. Uh, we basically started... When they were freshmen, uh, we normally had an East Texas league here uh, that our coaches were involved in. And depending on how we would normally try to play with the schools that could play a night JV and varsity kind of level games, uh, if not, then we would play in just a JV varsity kind of deal. And our league would normally be just in June on either 
Tuesdays and Thursdays at some points. And then later on, it's mainly just Tuesdays, and we play twice a night there. But we play about 10 league games. Uh, I would try to get us in some shootouts and things here locally on some Saturdays. And so probably we would do two to three of those. And then probably the last eight years or so, we went to Texas A&M team camp, which is a great experience for us. And um, would play that with just the varsity. So if you were a varsity-level player for us, you probably got in roughly 20 to 25 games uh, during the summer, and which was very important to do. It kind of gave me a chance to evaluate uh, and see how uh, things were shaping for prospects for next year. Uh, they knew I was always evaluating when I was there. And I, I, one of the things that I thought we did that was, was crucial was at the end of all that, at the end of June, they knew each one of them was going to get a letter from me. And uh, parts of it would be generic, but there would also be kind of like the individual workout. There's going to be a paragraph in there just directly to you and where you know this is me talking to you. And I would kind of evaluate where I thought they were. After the summer, uh, it might be different than that individual meeting we had had earlier. Uh, and I would kind of have a different format for kids that I knew were going to be sub-varsity, ones that might be on the bubble, uh, ones that I knew were going to be varsity players, either primary or secondary kind of role players, and then seniors uh, always got one uh, probably a little bit longer to themselves. And uh, I thought taking the time to do that was important. Uh, because, you know, you're competing with with basketball teams all around, but to a degree you're also competing uh, with the, the kids and the programs that you have there. I mean, you don't want to cut the legs out of somebody, out from under somebody else, but you want to make sure you're selling your program in the process too. And, you know, I always thought it was easy just to print a generic letter and send it to everybody. So I, I tried to do something different. I tried to make it where they knew there was some personal touch in there, some personal just between me and you. And and I think the kids appreciate it, especially the seniors. Uh, I know many of them kept those letters uh, and basically, um, you know, many years later would still talk to me about things that, that they had and there's something they can put their hands on, you know, something they can keep, uh, put it in scrapbooks and stuff like that. So uh, as much as the summer stuff was important, I thought ending it up with that uh, was also important because we, we would do some July open gym as well, about three days a week. But toward then, you know, about half of our kids were going to football. So I kind of tried to get away from them uh, once we got to that point. Gotcha. Did you ever have to compete with, uh, you know, when you had some of those really, really good teams in, the, in 2012, 2013, were any of your guys playing on select teams? Did, did that ever come into – into play with any of your groups? Really, in East Texas, there's just not much of that. Uh, occasionally, there'll be kids in this area travel to Dallas, but it's not near as big as, like, volleyball. It's huge. Kids here will go there to play club, softball and baseball. They travel. But it's really just not that way uh, much in East Texas for basketball. Uh, Levi Yancey, the tall kid I had on our two state teams, probably the only one that did a little bit of AAU. Uh, but Levi was such a great kid. He's such a team player. He wasn't going to do any of that before our stuff. Gotcha. So he would do everything with us in June. And then in July, he would go do some of that. But that's just him. I mean, that's how he was. He was going to put the team before himself. And really, he's the only one that did much of that at all for us. 
Yeah, yeah. That's a, you know, I think that's a balancing act for a lot of coaches, and it's it's great when the players are bought into kind of having their high school team first and then everything yeah. else everything else after that. And I know everybody doesn't have it like that. I mean, like <laughs> I said, it's just there's just not a lot of it here. And I think in some ways it hurts that it's maybe not as competitive here as it is in those places. But, you know, it's definitely a trade-off. Right. Now, uh, you know, just, just looking back on your career, you know, we, we have a couple minutes left here. Anything that, that you would have done different in regards to off-season with the, op- with the opportunities that you had, anything, you know, a- as you kind of gear up for the school year in the summer, you know, is there anything that you look back on and said, I wish I would have done this earlier, I wish I would have done this different? Is there anything in regards to the off-season training or your philosophy or I- anything that you might have done differently early on or, or even later on in your career? I, I think really the only thing, um, you know, in the fall and off season, just having that 45 minutes or 50 that you have and so many things you want to get done. Uh, probably the one thing where we started to adjust more was adding more weightlifting to what we were doing. Uh, I probably that would be the biggest thing that as I look back on it now, if I had to do something different, I would have done more of that earlier in my career. Uh, but probably the last eight to ten years, uh, we did do that, and of course, and we had to cut out some other stuff that I, some particularly some defensive stuff uh, that we did. But other than that, um, we pretty much had a plan and and just stuck with it. You know, we tweaked it along the way, but not really any major changes. And you know, I tried to put a lot of thought into it, putting it together, and you know, over the years, trying to see the big picture with how it all fit. And so, other than that, I, I don't think. Not really any major changes. Yeah. Now, one thing I did want to ask you about your weight training with your with your players were those individualized? Did you have kind of a a weight plan for each player, or was it more generic, general strength and and conditioning lifting? Yeah, it was more just generic. And like I said, the big thing I was on is just accountability. You know, of just making sure we could measure what you're doing and that you're working to increase. And, I mean, obviously, when you see our teams play, we ain't going to jump out at you as far as, man, look how those guys are put together. So, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not anything that we were over, and, I mean, really all that good at. I mean, we we tried, but, you know, it's just, I don't know. I guess from my perspective, that was probably where I felt I was the weakest. I didn't know as much about that. I didn't know how to make them work hard and things like that. That's mainly what I counted on. But, you know, for the most part, it was just generic. We did just basic core lifts and did not do a lot of the stuff that you see done now, which, you know, I wish I knew more about. Right. Uh, and I know a lot of the young coaches we have now, you know, would help me more with that. Right, right. Well, you got an audience here of about 900 coaches. Any Words of wisdom or advice. I know you do a great job with your blog, Coach with a Purpose. You are uh, you probably tweet more than than any coach that I know. Uh, and as in regards to uh, your 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 Twitter handle is Coach Boyette at Roughneck Hoops, and you put a lot of motivational stuff in regards to your faith and uh, you know championship culture and things like that. Any any words of wisdom or advice that kind of come to mind in regards to you know the next crop of coaches that you see coming up. Well, you know, I just, I've been blessed. You know, no doubt the Lord has, has blessed me and, 
you know, I've tried to, you know, especially in the two years I've been out now to give back more because uh, I'm not near as busy as I was then. <laughs> uh, it can be a very frustrating uh, profession at times, but I don't think there's anything more rewarding. You know, it, I, I'm at our junior high now. I still try to coach as hard as I did then. It's just at a different level. But the, the kids need us, and, uh, you know, they need what we bring to the table as coaches. And I think if we can – Hard as it is at times, always keep that at the forefront. That that keeps us going on those days, and you got to look for those little things along the way that keep you going when it gets frustrating. Because there's a lot of a lot of noise you got to block out sometimes. You know, I was fortunate here. I was here for so long that I was. They kind of knew how things was done, and you know, not everybody has that. But you know, you got to just stay the course and um, not get frustrated when people kind of get on your case about some things, and just stick to what you believe. And um, keep your faith. 